You know, the last, I don't know, it's happening so much now, um, we kind of forget it's becoming normal. You know, last, I don't know, four or five services, we had to deal with uh, the demonic on a high level. Um, Wednesday night, <clears throat> you know, for some reason on Wednesday nights, it happens after most of the people are gone. I don't know if it has to do with maybe people come down for prayer or something, but most of you all had left on Wednesday, and then we um, had to deal with a uh, situation. My wife and Nicole were ministering to someone, and then, um, uh, and then they were just praying with the individual, and then the individual just fell on the floor, and then they had to cast uh, these unclean uh, beings out of this individual. So we were here to about 10.30 dealing with that, and so my wife and Nicole were uh, dealing with that. I came over just for a quick second because at one point it got a little violent, so Devon and I walked over to see if we would need to hold the person a little bit. And so, uh, um, you know, this was, you know, at, at one point when my wife was casting the thing out of this lady, which was, you know, they have their degrees of violence with these things. And, you know, the few people that were here heard it just scream out, you can't have her, you know, in a deep, deep voice. And uh, it takes a lot of time it takes time dealing with this. It takes you listening to other men and studying other books and men to kind of get a handle on it because it is such a big world. It takes a time. It takes time to just even see certain patterns. Just like, you know, right before it came out of that individual, you know, we were holding the person's head because they were face down and a demon was trying to bash their head against the floor. And so uh, you have to kind of, you know, some of you, a few of you have seen that before. And so, uh, and then this was the first time I've ever experienced this. I don't know if y'all have experienced it before, but where, um, where the, right before the demon came out, um, he, um, he, was, he began to speak in some ancient language. And he began to speak it very, very fast. Um, and it was almost like some type of uh, formula he was speaking. Or, you know, you ever seen, uh, you know how, uh, you, you, any of you, I watch a lot of uh, war movies, warfare, and you'll see guys that right before they enter into the battle, they'll do something like this, you know, or they'll have on a cross and they'll kiss it. You know, uh, there was a movie called The Kingdom of Heaven, I believe, with Orlando Bloom or something, and uh, it was a sweet scene. He was getting ready to go to war against this huge battle, and he draw the sword. He had this uh, ritual where he would do his head sideways and he would, he would kiss his sword. And so, and then you also see rituals of people when they come back to America, they will kiss the ground or, or, you know, different things that people do. And I knew in the spirit that that's what this creature was doing, but it's still way beyond the understanding, scope of my understanding. But it was, it was just, it's, that's a whole mysterious thing, but that, I mean, it, it right, it was, I mean, it was almost like it, it, rel it recognized, okay, I got to come out. And then it concentrated and it starts speaking in this ancient language really really fast for about eight seconds then it came it, it instantly came out and the girl instantly stood up and had no idea she was in the church building didn't even know where she was um, and she kept losing it because she couldn't remember being here it's amazing how these things creep on the inside of your body I was reading Luke 11 I think it was Luke 11 and it was talking about you know this being had, had uh, crept into this man and when he did he cut off his vocal cords. The man couldn't speak. And so it's a very, very mysterious realm. Um, we don't so much understand it as we understand the patterns of it. The only reason why we have understanding is because of the name of Jesus Christ. 
and they have to come out. And so over time, they reveal secrets over time. So I just have one passage of scripture pretty much I want to share with you. And then I want to share with you because let me say, let me give you a couple of guidelines. You all. Um, this is new for a lot of you. And even though we've been doing it, it's still new for us. And so you're going to see this pattern more and more at the Sunday location. We had a situation where um, <laughs> they, they cracked me up playing. These things play games on you. Um, they either they either intimidate you by constantly lying. You the same way that there are some people in the audience, you're more quiet manner. You don't really say anything. We ask you how the church server was. It was good. And that's all you say. Other individuals, we ask them how the church server was. They're going to give you a whole Rolodex from beginning to end. Okay. Well, demonic creatures are like that. Some are very, very vocal. And what they do is when you're casting them out, they're constantly talking, constantly talking. Usually my wife casting them out. She just keeps telling them, shut up, you know, just shut up. I mean, it's, I mean, you see, when you read the scripture, Jesus had to tell them when it says, hold your peace, that's old English. Jesus told them, shut your mouth and do what I told you to do. So the ones that are very, very vocal, they're constantly throwing you off because they're trying to put you in derision and trying to frustrate you. Um, the ones that are more quiet in nature sometimes, what they'll do is they'll just play dead on you. You cast a demon out and the person just. And you'll be speaking to them. So it's a constant. It's not frustrating, but it can be a bit frustrating. You know, you just have to keep on going, keep on going. So the point that I was making is, is that um, you will see these things happen in the service. When they do, don't panic. Just sit there. If something manifests next to you, just move out of the way, you know. And you ever been in a situation and a fight broke out and all you did was just take your plate of food, move over to the corner, you know. That's all you need to do, okay. And so uh, we don't want you to start um, because with where this is going, we have to let the people that are assigned deal with that. Just move out of the way. If we bring somebody down front, don't everyone come down front. Um, and, you know, don't start blasting tongues at them. Devils don't understand tongues. You cannot cast out a demon by speaking in tongues. You cast out a demon using your known language in the name of Jesus Christ, and you have to hold your ground. Devil, tongues was created to bypass them. They don't understand it. So if, now, you can pray in tongues while you're doing that to keep yourself built up, to keep yourself spiritually sensitive, etc. So we just got to start giving some ground rules because this is going to become the norm. And so... Uh, you know, depending, you know, right now, in most cases, it happens at the end of service. We've had a few, of course, some of you have been here to witness this, that we had a few in the service. Um, most of the times these are done in the healing and deliverance sessions in private. Um, but more and more, um, because we begin to teach on this, if I teach on finances, there'll be an anointing in the house to deliver you from poverty. If I teach on healing, there'll be an anointing in the house to deliver you from sickness. If I teach on marriage, there'll be an anointing in the house to deliver for you from the problems of marriage. If you teach on the demonic, there's an anointing in the house to deliver people from the demonic. So sometimes if you teach on it, because Dawn brought something to my attention. She said, have you recognized? She says that the last four sessions that you preached, something happened. And I was like, oh, I didn't even catch that. So, you know, I'm just saying, something happens, you know, freaky and all that type of stuff. You're like, oh, no, not today. Just move over to the side. You know, it is nothing. If you've never seen it before, the first time it'll throw you off. Your mind will question even if it's real. But if you, because one of the things that we're going to do, depending on what happens in the future, there will be ones that will manifest. And I will simply 
to show you how simple it is, I will walk the individual right down front and we will cast the demon out in front of the entire audience. We'll ask you to sit down and watch so you can learn and observe because it's deep. Some of the stuff that comes out of these dudes' mouths are just unreal because you, it's a, uh, you know, Wednesday night when my wife and Nicole were casting this thing out of the lady. And I just told my wife when I went home, I said, that is a, demon possession is such a mysterious thing to me. You know, we are dealing with beings that existed before the planet was created. I mean, you are, man, you are manhandling the bodyguards that God created. They were in heaven at one time. They failed. They existed before the planet was created. And then they, 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 they force their way into your body. And that in and of itself is that you have a being living on the inside of you. And it takes over, takes you over. And it can blind you. It can cut off your hearing, cut off your taste, cut off your speech. It can cut off anything. It's just a mysterious thing. And so I just want to share something with you. Let me just give you a couple of definitions. I didn't give it to them. Um, because there's a difference between oppression and possession. Let me say this. For you all that came, I'm not talking about a specific church. From you all in particular that come from more of the word of faith charismatic movements, they have more of a theoretical viewpoint of this. So I was taught you just speak to it and it comes out immediately. That's not in the Bible. And that is spoken by someone who has not had a history of casting out creatures. Okay, Lester Sumrall, the biggest case we've ever seen is Lester Sumrall where in the Philippines it's called Bitten by Devils. That's one of the most extreme cases we have ever seen of demon possession, where this girl grabbed that creature's hair out of that realm and pulled it at his realm, and they took it to the laboratory and said, there is, not, there is no DNA in planet Earth like this. And it took Lester Summerall, who was one of the baddest dudes on the planet for demon possession, but it still took him four days while fasting and praying. And it was a battle. He said he believed that he was casting out a demonic prince. A demonic prince is a ruler over an entire area. The reason why he believes that, he said, because after he casted the devil out of this 13-year-old girl, he said a revival broke out in the Philippines. And thousands begin to get saved every day. Okay? So these things are very mysterious, very mysterious. And so um, um, you are a spirit. You have a soul, which is the mind, when the emotions, and you live in a physical body. You are not your body. Your body is the house that you live in, the vehicle that transports the real you. So you are a spirit. That's why racism is so idiotic and stupid and demonic, because you're not even black. You're not white. You're not anything. These are labels that men created, came up with to try to create a difference in people. Bible says we are all what? Thank you. Now, the male nor female, white or black, Jew, whatever. We don't have to go down that line. So possession is when a demonic spirit is in the real you. He is in your spirit. That cannot happen if you are a Christian. Okay. But if you are not a Christian, a demonic possession is a spirit is on the inside of you. Full control of you. Okay. Christians cannot be possessed, but they can be oppressed. And it's just a word. Somebody else might have a different word. I know. John Eckhart and his group, they use different words, but it's the same. It's not the word, it's the defining thing behind it. And so oppression, though, is the demon is not in your spirit. It is in your body. And my way of explaining it, different people will have different definitions. My way of explaining it is this thing has crept on the inside of your body and it has, it has and your soul, and has it attached its tentacles to your being and it can mimic possession. And so that's why it confuses a lot of people. That person... They speak in tongues and, and they save, 
but they were still acting like the person that was possessed. Yeah, because the, 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 it's mysterious. We really don't even know. I'm, I'm tempted. I don't know if you know if I want to see this. I'm tempted to ask the Lord to give me a vision to see how this actually happens, how they wrap their tentacles and they can they can attach themselves to you, to your membranes and your eyes, and they can cut off stuff and control you, blind your mind. I mean, it's just a whole mysterious thing. So Christians can have a demon on the inside of their body and it controls you and it'll mimic possession. But when people see it, they just put everything in the category of possession. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so, so I want to read this scripture to you. And here, just uh, get this microphone to my wife, just in case she may have something she want to add as I'm ministering. And so I'm going to read this one scripture. And then I am going to share with you, the Lord has given us a window into something to show us a war going on behind the scene. This is going to trip you out. Okay. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. I'm going to read the three verses and then I'm going to break down each one. Because uh, every scripture on demon possession is given secrets. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert. King James says dry place. Seeking rest, but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. Now, Jesus casted out demons all day, every day. But he said, I'm letting you know that this last day generation they're going to deal with more demon possession and oppression than any time past. They're going to deal with more of it, and they're going to deal with the most wicked type. Now, this seems strange to people because we're like, well, I don't see this going on. And I'm going to give you, I'm gonna, you I, that question will be answered today. So let's look, at Matt, let's look at verse 43. It says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, seeking rest, but finding none. Okay. Now, this is not be about to be an expose on demon possession. We're going to have to teach a series on that. Okay? Uh, but I just brought out a couple of points. Um, because the first, because the scripture starts with it leaving. It didn't start with how it got in. <laughs> okay? Demons cannot enter a person's body just because they want to. There are spiritual laws that are in operation in the spiritual realm. And demons have to abide by these laws that have been set up by God. The problem is, is that most of the sons and daughters of God don't know the law. So they're always breaking it and don't even know that they're breaking it. And one of the things that I learned years ago, I will never forget this. This had to be a God ordained moment. When I was younger, they had this arcade place around the block from my house. I would go there, hang out, battle other guys on these video games, Millipede, Centipede. I know what I'm talking about. Defender, all of those things, you know, Mortal Kombat. And, uh, and so one day I was up in there and the police came up in there and hemmed up everybody against the wall. And, and, and I was like, you know, what is going on? I'm angry because I haven't done anything wrong. And they said, give us all your license, ID, whatever. And so, uh, so long story short, they were um, handing out citations to individuals because there was a law that said that if you are under the age of 18, you cannot be in an arcade past 10 o'clock. 
I looked at the officer. He saw my license because I was apparently I was 18 at the time. He gave me my license back. I said, so he told me why they were being hemmed up. I said, how are we supposed to know this when nobody told us this? I will never forget this. He said, your ignorance of the law does not mean you will not be penalized, son. I will never forget that. I will never forget that. He said, your ignorance of the law does not mean you will not be penalized. So in the same way, what we're dealing with is a dilemma of the body of Christ is ignorant of the spiritual laws of God. And because we are breaking them, we are allowing demonic problems into our life as though we are heathens. Because we do not understand spiritual law and we don't understand spiritual law because we are not even obeying Colossians 3, 1 through 3 that says seek heavenly things and not worldly things. It's the reason why the Bible says seek heavenly things. Why? So we can reveal to you the spiritual law. Because if you break them, you leave yourself open. And because you broke the law, an enemy now has to come in and wreak havoc on your life. Luke, Revelation, Revelation 3.20. This is Jesus. He said, look, I stand at the door and knock. Which means Jesus can't even just come in. You got to let him in. That's one of the spiritual laws. You got to give permission. If you hear my voice, key word is if, and open the door, you got to open it. Then I will come in. I won't force my way in. You got to open the door. And we will share a meal together as friends. Okay? So what the devil does is, the devil is going on. I'm going to have to spend my Never mind. Let's just keep it rolling. It's a loud. That sounds like a truck. It's a helicopter. I'm sorry, y'all. I just kind of phased. I was just like, is the rapture getting ready to happen? It's like, you know, and that little loud sound. I'm sorry. I was just like, what in the world? Let's just ignore it and just keep on going. It's always something crazy going on. Okay. But, but, but notice Jesus said, he said, I'm standing at the door and knocking. He said, but I can only come in if you open the door. Well, the opposite is true. It's called the law of opposites. The devil is also standing at your door knocking. And, and most of us opening up the door by ignorance. Because how you open it is by what you let into your life. In order for a demon to be able to enter a person's body, they have to have some kind of legal right, some kind of legal permission to be able to do so. Some of these cases, the person has engaged in some type of sin that has given the demon the legal right to be able to enter into them. Common door openers. It's a bunch more, but these are common ones. I'm just throwing because we're not doing an expose on that. Common door openers that will allow demons to come into you are drugs, especially the heavier ones, abusing alcohol, any type of occult activity such as witchcraft, Satan worship, Ouija boards, got a story about that today, along with engaging in any part of the New Age movement. Also, sex with someone you are not married to is a huge door. Problem with having sex with someone you are not married to is that you invite the being into your life and then it's passed to your children and your children end up dealing with stuff because of your sins. Hey, I have a story about that. There was a young lady that she had sex with a guy one time and became a lesbian the next day. She did not know that the guy was having sex with two girls that were bisexual. So the spirit that was on them he got on him. And so when he had sex with this girl one time, 
the spirits got on her and then she became a lesbian for three years. She got free because she went to one of them churches. Any of y'all come from them churches where in order to get you delivered, they, they come Friday night and they lock the doors of the church and we not leave until six o'clock in the morning. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And mothers, they pull out that oil. They can't, now watch this. If they watching TV, they fall asleep at 9 p.m. But when it comes to casting and leaving out, them sisters will stay energized for the entire night. They're going to work that out of you. You know, I mean, and, and, and they don't know all the five steps to demon possession and all that type of stuff. They're like, we're just going to hold our ground until they come out. That's why you can't go home until, until you're free. And they got the job done. They got it done just by sheer persistence alone. They just wouldn't take no for an answer. Taking turns. One over there sleep, the other one get up. It's my turn. I'm serious. Them old mothers, man, y'all know them old mothers don't play. So their favorite statement is holiness is still right. <laughs> Love that. I think I'm going to get a T-shirt that says that. Okay. Woo. Look, look at verse 44. It says, when it leaves, verse 44, it says, then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Okay. This is their home. The reason why, let me say something. One of the definitions, there's so many different definitions. One of the definitions of demonic oppression possession is an unclean spirit moving into a home to get out of the cold or the heat. If you were homeless, what would be your main concern? Trying to get on the side of a home. Only by, only by talking to other deliverance ministers, because deliverance ministers have to talk, or not just deliverance ministers, but just pastors who believe in that and do that, deliverance ministries, they have to talk and read other books because we gain insight into certain things. Quite a few deliverance ministers and people who do that have said, because uh, one of the things that when you cast these creatures out, they expose themselves constantly. What many of them have said, and this gave me a light into something, is that one of the reasons why they try to get on the inside of their bodies is because they said being on the outside of a body, it's very cold and it's very warm to be on the inside of a body. So you think about, you know, you think about what the scripture says. It says that being leaves and he goes around dry places. Well, whether you were homeless outside in the heat or in the cold, how many know that you're going to end up being in a dry place? Even your skin is dry. You don't have much water. You know what I'm saying? So your main agenda is to look for a place, sneak into a hotel. Anything that's open when it's cold or it's hot, I need to go up in here and stay. Okay? And so these creatures, it's the same way. That's one of the reasons why. It is so hard or you have to force them out because it's the equivalent of a homeless man walking around. And, and, and so that's something that has been brought out by these creatures is that it's very cold outside of a human body. So they get on the inside of you to be comfortable. They live their life through you. It's, it's insane. Hey, Matthew 12, 45, and it's the last one. And I'll share these stories. It says, then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil just generation. Okay? So when casting several spirits out of someone, you can easily tell that some of them are more wicked than others. The weaker demons will even speak out saying that they would easily go without putting up much of a fight, but they can't because the highest ranking demon, which is the most powerful, will punish them if they don't try to stay and fight. Okay, as long as they possibly can. So when a creature is cast out, is that he goes and he looks for a specific group that runs in seven. 
It's a reason why the scripture is very specific. It says when a spirit is cast out, which means this is a formula. This is a principle in the spiritual realm. When one is cast out, if he goes, looks around drawn places, got tired of being homeless. He goes and he looks for seven other spirits. They are they have specifics. That's why he said one of the specifics is these spirits must be more wicked than he is. Okay? And they always run in sevens. He, he, they got to come back with seven. Otherwise, the scripture would just say he finds more spirits that are more wicked. But it says so. And this is, it is, it is you know, a lot of you don't know that there are actually possibly billions of demonic creatures in the planet, by the way. Because the Bible says you can't even number the angels and one third of them fail. <laughs> okay. You can't count that high. That's how many existed because God created angels for the universe and, and dimensions beyond. He didn't create angels for planet Earth. That's why so many. Okay. And so when they cast out, they go look and they come back every time with seven. So eight come back in, but they go get what I've called. You've heard me call the seven pack. It's a pack of seven that are more wicked than him. He has to go look for them. It's a group of seven. And we don't know how many groups of these things are, but apparently every demon always looks for the seven and they come back and it says that the beginning, the last state is worse than the verse. Okay. Y'all got that. So I'm going to share you some stories because one of the things that the Lord has graced us with is the ability to take the supernatural that's going on today, show it to you right in scripture. There's a young lady. She has given us full permission. We're in a relationship with this girl, um, helping her out. She came to our church and she had never dreamed before. And then she said she came, I mean, not came, she listened. And then she said she immediately started dreaming when she uh, heard us teach on dreams. And so, um, so she's allowed me, she said I could share everything except for her name, of course. So we're going to call her Miss Johnson. Okay. I mean, you know, that's a simple one. There's too many Mrs. Johnsons around the planet. You can't find this one. And so this person is not in Atlanta. That is the truth. Sometimes I change the story to protect people. This individual, she lives in another state. I will not share the state. She lives in another state. And um, I'm a young female. Um, and uh, we're going to call her Miss Johnson. Um, I'll read the first story. She, because this is her sending this to us. She says, I'll tell you one of my first introductions to the spiritual realm with youth. Every story is going to be what's going on with the youth. I was a supervisor at a probation site about five years ago. I was responsible for taking the kids home sometimes. I was taking one kid home and this kid was different. He would flip the script on you. One time he'd be quoting the Bible like a master and then he'll switch back real quick. Okay. Those are called religious spirits. They, they, they deceive you by telling the truth. At one time he would quote the Bible and he would switch on you real quick. He was respectful towards me, but I had to be very careful. He said, we were driving home and I don't know what made me say this to him, but I told him, you know, sometimes when I talk to you, I feel like I'm talking to two to two different people. He looked over at me and his eyes got real big and he said, I know Mrs. Johnson, would you help me get him out of me? She said, the hairs on my arms stood up. I gently nodded and said, of course. And she said, from that day, it's been a different world for me. Sometimes I feel like Harriet Tubman with the Underground Railroad, except I'm using the classroom. I actually call my class the upside down classroom. She said, these stories are based upon me working at the youth probation program. 
a juvenile detention center and teaching at level eight juvenile commitment facility, General Large High School, and now I teach at a girls alternative school. She said this is based on all kids, all walks of life. So these stories, these stories that I'm getting ready to share with you, now she, she teaches English and this is going on in all of her classes every day. It's going on in all of her classes every day. All she did was share with me just a couple of stories that were shared over two days from one class.